I was struck to be woken up this morning, probably at around 2 o'clock, by the roar of a gust of wind. And to be lying there awake, reflecting on today's gospel. The wind blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. Suddenly I found myself identifying with Nicodemus, wondering, what is this all about? Nicodemus is one of those curious figures in John's Gospel who stands apart from others because there is a level at which he gets it. He has a hunch that he knows what's going on, so much so that he comes to Jesus under cover of darkness, which is actually an astonishing thing for him to do because Nicodemus is not your average run-of-the-mill Pharisee. He is part of the Sanhedrin. He is part of the religious court in first century Israel. He's an important guy. He's a layman. He knows his religion well. He hobnobs with the high priests. And he knows the law inside and out and its practices. Jesus has just come into Jerusalem, has entered the temple, and has overturned the tables of the money changers and driven out the animals and gotten himself in terrible trouble. And yet, Nicodemus, a religious authority, still comes to him because there's something here, he realizes, and he wants to know more about it. Now, at first glance, it seems like Nicodemus is just being dense. Jesus says, you must be born from above, or the Greek word can mean born again. Nicodemus says, how can one be born again when one has grown old? Can one enter his mother's womb a second time? But I think, in agreement with some scholars, that Nicodemus has jumped into the game with Jesus and is reflecting right back to him the metaphorical language that he's hearing. And Nicodemus knows something about the spiritual life because he knows how hard it is once we become adults, how hard it is for us to change our habits, to get out of the routine, to break the old stuff. Isn't that what Lent is about? Breaking the old habits? Breaking out of the routine? There's a way in which we're like Nicodemus, asking Jesus this question, how can we do it when we've grown old? It reminds me of a friend of mine in undergraduate school when we were studying piano, and she was the ripe old age of 18. And she came to me one day and she said, I cannot change my technical habits. I'm too old. <laughs> Sets in early, doesn't it? We get set very early in our adulthood. And we think we're stuck. We think we're stuck. Jesus says, 
You must be born of the Spirit. It's not a matter of you changing your habits. And this is the great trap we fall into by about the second week of Lent. We've all tried to give something up, maybe, maybe not. Tried to change something. How many of you have fallen short of your proposed habit? Change. You given in to temptation yet? <laughs> the difficulty we have is that we think we can do it on our own and do it for God. Which brings us to the other two lessons that we have today. The first one from Genesis is the first story we hear about people who are ancestors of Israel, explicitly ancestors of Israel. One of the great contrasts of the Judeo-Christian tradition with other Middle Eastern religious and cultural traditions about origins is that most other Middle East peoples believe that their origins began with the creation of the universe. They trace their lineage all the way back there and they were created as a people in that original moment. But in our scriptures, the people of Israel begin their story after the initial creation story. And after the primeval story of the flood. After things have settled down, there's this man named Abram. And Paul's point about Abram, or Abraham as he's later called, Paul's point today is that Abraham is righteous before the law is given. Before the law is given to the people of Israel, something else is going on, something deeper than simply giving instruction. Instructions on how to change your habits, right? Instructions on how to structure your life. There's something deeper. And that is faith. One of Abram's forebears gets about halfway to Canaan and stops, settles. God comes to Abram and says, it's time for you to complete the journey. Come and follow where I lead you. And Abram's act is not simply changing habits, but giving himself and his family over to God completely in trust, faith. Something radically different than what Nicodemus may or may not be looking for in today's gospel reading. Nicodemus wants perhaps an instruction. Tell me what I have to change. Jesus says, no, I need more than that. You must give everything over to the Spirit. That is the only way this is going to work. Nicodemus, like the rest of us, wants to hold God at arm's length. Because when we know what it says in the instruction book, we're in control. 
Jesus says is, God must enter, and you must be completely remade, reborn. That is something profoundly different from simply following strictures. The interesting thing about Nicodemus is this is not the last time we hear about him in the Gospel according to John. He appears two more times. The next time is when he has the guts to stand up in the Sanhedrin and ask them that they give Jesus a fair hearing. It's a courageous act. And then at the end, Nicodemus brings spices to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. Something happens to Nicodemus. John leaves it to us to imagine what that might be. Something happens to each of us in Lent. I leave it to you in prayer and in faith. Give yourselves over. Discover what that might be. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.